Well, hello to you all, those who are joining us uh, present here around the uh, Mining in Daba as we are uh, on the side and rather in the exhibition hall of the Mining in Daba currently taking place here in the city of Cape Town for 2023. It's a hive of activity and myself uh, as Kukule Tumfupi have had the opportunity to interact with a large number of leaders and executives here who are part of the Transnet state-owned company. And really we're here to give you some insight and offer you some details uh, into the uh, various divisions of the institution and most importantly Importantly, understanding the role and function that it plays, not only within ex supporting extractive industries, but really supporting the South African and Southern African economies to thrive. I'm in conversation today uh, at this moment with Fadzai Musoni, who's the General Manager for Growth and Diversification under Transnet Growth and Development. Such a pleasure to have you, Fadzai. Thank you and good afternoon. How have you been finding the mining in Daba so far? It has started on quite a high. I have to say I'm quite excited. Last year was a little bit slow, um, yeah. but this year's come back with a bang. A big bang, and we are seeing a lot of companies showing a keen interest in Transnet. So I can imagine that you yourself have been pulled to the side quite often just to uh, answer and address some, some questions, concerns, and some exciting additions as well to the business. Oh, yes, 100%. I think what we are championing at the moment is most certainly partnering. Uh, for the growth of the continent, uh, which is something that we are quite excited about. Um, so it's not just about South Africa today, it is about the continent and making sure that we can meet the goals of um, extractive industries. Got you, 100%. And that speaks directly to your title here, Fadzai, growth and diversification, which is very refreshing because when one thinks of a state-owned entity, you tend to think, oh, it's a laggard in the industry. But you're shaking things up in that regard. We certainly are. Um, are we definitely wear a commercial hat in everything that we're doing. Um, so as much as we are running the ports as well as the rail systems and our pipelines, we are also looking uh, in a commercial sense into the future and what that transit looks like. So we are looking most certainly at what we can do with our existing assets, our existing skills and our existing value propositions um, and moving into the continent uh, and moving into areas that we are also uh, quite new at uh, and seeing how we can all collaborate for growth. So help us understand that for a moment, right? Because so often when we think about the infrastructure structure that exists, whether from a TFR point of view, how that then speaks to your uh, ports authority, and then TPT being the port terminals, all of this is interlinked. So when you look at the growth and diversification opportunities, help us understand how you ensure that it speaks essentially to the all six divisions of the entity. Certainly. So I'll, I'll start by maybe just summarizing what we call the Transit Regional Strategy, mm -hmm. which is basically underpinned by building integrated freight systems. And that is something that as the African Union has come up with the African Free Trade Continental Agreement yes. um, that is supporting free trade as well as lowering the cost of business in the region. So when we look at Transnet, uh, we look at what role that we play in building these integrated systems in terms of corridors. So the train does not stop at the border of um, South Africa. It continues into the region. Uh, and we're already working together with a lot of our state-owned entities to actually build these corridors. So it's not just about uh, what we're doing um, locally. It is also about what we're doing um, in the region. And then when we look at the maritime side, um, it's also about maritime corridors and mm -hmm. what we can do to leverage the different port systems um, within the country. So uh, you can imagine there's a lot of commodities going in and out, and particularly from the extractive mm. industry perspective, we have to lower the cost of export. So we start to look at how we can all work together to basically lower the costs for the extractive industries as well. Let's talk about both those aspects and maybe starting more with our borders, right? You mentioned sure. AFCA, and that's a huge 
huge uh, uh, step in the right direction for the continent really to bolster interregional trade. Tell us more about the opportunities that exist north of our borders in South Africa. So one of the biggest ones is obviously rail. Um, so of course the rail continues on. Uh, and I think if we see the history of rail, there was always the dream of Cape to Cairo. Um, that was actually yes. not a road, it was a rail system. And so from, from our perspective, we look at um, all the continuous corridors um, going all the way up to the DRC. So we have specifically uh, an initiative at the moment uh, on the North-South Corridor that links um, basically seven countries uh, from the DRC into Zambia, um, into Zimbabwe, Botswana, and then into South Africa. And that's important, right? Because all those Correct. countries have something in common. 100%. Mining. Mining. Yeah. So we are trying to basically make sure that we have a more efficient corridor, um, getting basically not only just the the, the core uh, ore out of the, out of the mines, but also the supplies that are coming in from the various um, areas going into the to the different mining projects, whether it's equipment, uh, whether it's um, reagents or whatever they use uh, in basically their mining operations. So it is a two-way um, street on the mine. <laughs> and uh, and then basically what we're working on is, is seeing how we can actually improve efficiencies. But what's also important is not just only about um, looking at the, the north-south corridors, it's also looking at the east-west and what can be done there because essentially it's about lowering the cost of business and also uh, helping with uh, trade corridors becoming more free and fair. Mm. Let's discuss that a little bit more in detail, right? Because you mentioned the DRC coming down to Zambia and into South Africa eventually, but there's also opportunities, as you say, West, Senegal. Correct. Unlock that for us, because for some of us in our minds, Senegal is a far, far, far away place that might not match up to the infrastructure needs that Transnet has. So it is very far if you start thinking about land infrastructure, but when you Gosh. look at the port systems, uh, particularly in Senegal and the Western Africa, there is a, a very strong link. Mm. Um, and so you start looking at transshipment. So it might be actually, in fact, it's not might, it is actually cheaper for some of the shipping lines to basically take their cargoes and leave them in West Africa because they're closer to Europe. And then that then gets uh, moved from there down south. So you actually see that it's if you look into the sea, um, there's a lot of different corridors that all link up. Uh, not necessarily on land. And that becomes quite important because it's the same customers um, that we are servicing in West, East and on the southern um, um, side of the continent. Paint a picture for us when you talk about corridors. For a lot of yes. us, we tend to work in offices, we stay in landlocked countries or sure. don't have much access to the maritime industry. So when you discuss these corridors, what do they look like? How do they interlink? And what kind of economic value and opportunities can they unlock? So it's mostly transportation corridors. So you would look at rail links, uh, road links. Um, you'd also look at the sea uh, in terms of different shipping lines and routes. So anything that you can draw a line from one point to the other that needs to get goods in and out of um, a particular place basically becomes a corridor for us. And if you talk specifically uh, in, in the mining space, when we're starting to look into the region, the North-South Corridor is an important one. The Trans-Kalahari one is very important because you start to look at particular ores that are coming out of the different countries. Mm. So the DRC is a good example where we have um, different mines um, that are mining copper, cobalt, lithium uh, related uh, products that need to find a way out um, of the continent. And so they'll need to follow specific corridors to get to the, sh to the, to the ports as fast as possible. Makes so sense. they're either going east, west or south. Um, and in all of those corridors, everybody needs to work together to make it happen. 
got you. Yes. I also understand that this is naturally important for Transnet because you do want to be a forward, future-facing uh, future company that Correct. actually addresses the needs uh, of many of their stakeholders. But I, I think it's imperative that we do underscore why uh, this is important for the many stakeholders who might be listening and perhaps lack a clearer vision um, about the role and function of logistics and transport in our economy. Sure. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, as Transnet, um, if you look at the rail, um, our rail business, and you compare it to the rest of the continent, yeah. we actually run 80% um, of the rail infrastructure in the continent. That's a huge number, Fazai. Correct. In the continent. Yeah. So that makes us a, a true leader when it comes to the operations of rail. Um, and therefore, we actually find that the rest of the continent is looking to us in terms of how to do business in terms of how we operate. At one stage, I would actually be as bold to say Transit was the largest uh, rail op operator in, in, in the continent. Mm. And so from our perspective, uh, we see that collaborating with the rest of the region becomes quite important in order for us to extend our corridors because naturally um, the rail does want to extend out outwards. And so there's a benefit uh, to Transnet in the sense that the cargo gets onto our rail systems, but also there's a benefit in the continent because we start to build up um, some of those rail capabilities um, through throughout the continent, and it helps, as I said, uh, supporting um, the the AU agenda. Got you. And let's talk about that just a little further. As you mentioned, the APCA agreement, again, it's not necessarily very tangible to many South Africans or ordinary households to fully understand the impact and the value that it does bring about. But in partnership with Transnet, working alongside other companies, primarily in the mining space, given where we are today, put it into context for us as to the kind of ROI that we could potentially generate as an economy. Look, um, I think for me, um, the fact that um, this has come out of the AU agenda and just the sheer potential of uh, what Africa could look like if we opened up the borders. I think we have the example of Europe and what has happened uh, with the European Union. And that is something that we're trying to follow. So if you look at um, what happens, and I'm going to give you a very practical example, uh, when you have commodities moving from one country to the other, um, and there's two border posts in every single country, um, so let's just take the path of copper from the DRC uh, through our port of Durban. Mm -hmm. um, it goes through at least four or five border posts. Mm -hmm. um, and there's exchange of drivers, exchange of um, different, uh, I guess I would say, regulations uh, around um, the sovereignty of who operates where. Now, if we could just take all of that red tape off um, and actually enable trade, which means you could have this train basically turnaround time be reduced dramatically and be able to run a lot more trains and a lot faster uh, and be able to actually improve your operational efficiency. That alone gives us an, a massive return in terms of the economy because we are not having to have uh, our trains taking close to a month. Um, to get cargoes from one place to the other. So that for me then starts to look into how do you then um, create economies around that uh, and also build onto um, job creation and, and the like. And, and for me, I think if you start just looking at that, that's just an example around the entire continent and what we're able to do, uh, then most certainly we will see that return. I want us to link this with um, one of our most important net resources uh, as a globe and as a continent being our people. And then a uh, theme that obviously dominates the future being technology. People, technology, the growth markets that you've just discussed at the moment. Help us unpack how these two collide and uh, I guess how we can extract value from both people, upskilling them to make sure that they can fully capitalize on these growth strategies that Transnet is looking to implement. 
Sure. So one of our big um, value propositions at the moment is Transnet Academy, uh, which is basically uh, set up into different faculties that train um, different aspects of uh, transport logistics. So from port operations to uh, marine services, uh, pipeline engineering, as well as uh, actual freight rail and, and, and rail simulations. Um, and that is one thing for us that has become quite uh, patent, as you've said. Um, there's been a great exodus of skills out off the continent for greener pastures. And what we're trying to do is basically, as Transnet, um, instead of just going into another country with the, with an opportunity, we are actually putting the people and the skills and the ca capacity building first. Yeah. Because that is what we're trying to do. So we have no intention of going into a country and staying there as Transnet and running uh, operations on other people's behalf, we have every intention to train, capacitate, um, and then work together, as I've said, um, to build a, a, a future for, for our continent. So, so that is something that we are really driving uh, from a faculty perspective with the different aspects. And a lot of the work that we do, we start there. We start with training, we start with um, uh, capacity building, and then you're able to leave um, then a project that can run on its own after that. 100%. Oh, speaks to a lot of investment taking place, not only in the capacity, the people, the networks, the infrastructure. Where to next for you on the African continent? That's a trick question. It's a trick question. <laughs> um, look, I mean, one of the things that we really do thrive on is looking at the economics of, of, of the continent. And obviously, uh, we are still uh, looking at seeing where, what value that brings to, the, to South Africa uh, and to Transnet. So we do very, take very much a commercial outlook on where we're going. Um, and so the growth rates of the different countries, um, the ease of doing business, as well as, um, I call it follow the money um, mm. uh, principle. Uh, we are working very closely with the DFIs, um, namely the DBSA, the ECIC, Watch the you. IDC, uh, and, uh, and and that whole team, is especially um, looking at where they're also uh, putting in investments and, and, and then we coming in as the technical partners or operating partners. And, and so far it's been, quite successful. So we are everywhere um, that uh, we, we believe there's real value and also that there's a good um, integration with what we're currently doing um, as a corporate strategy. Fantastic. I'm tempted to say Fadzai Mosoni coming to a country near you. <laughs> On that note, thank you so much for indulging us. I think we've all learned a great deal about the opportunities that exist for Transnet right across the continent. And as you say, unlocking value for the continent, not just for South Africa itself. And um, I'm adding to the value of it, her people as well. Thanks again for your time. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank Fantastic. That's GM for Growth and Diversification at uh, Transnet, giving us some insight into the growth opportunities that exist right across the continent for the group. Thank you.